Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Podcast. I am Liz Loza, joined midweek by Dalton Del Don. But before we begin, producer Brett, you have a quick programming note. Indeed. It is, in fact, the birthday of one of our hosts. Jason Kobaka put me up to this. Guess what I got you? It's a podcast with Dalton Del Don. Thank you. Oh, I should have known that there was some trickery that meddler Jason Klobaka was going to involve. Yes, it's my birthday. It's also um, Mike Didka's birthday. Oh. We are not the same age. It's also Zach Efron's birthday. We might be the same age. Yeah, no, 19 we're not the same years old. <laughs> uh, Dalton, you can wish me happy birthday, too. You're very quiet. Yes. No, absolutely. Happy birthday. <laughs> I was just going to give you a hard time because you must have kept it on the down loza because I, oh. I'm one of those people who ch- I, I totally cheat, you know, and I use Facebook for social media for my to remember my birthdays. But I didn't see yours on there. Correct me if I'm wrong. But yes, uh, same here. Jason Klobaka told me backstage. So happy birthday. Um, I believe you're 30 years young. <laughs> That that is that is true. It's a milestone. It is a milestone. And I took it off Facebook because I just got so tired of hearing from these insincere people that I haven't spoken to since we were like in the eighth grade together. So, yes, thank you very much. It is my birthday. And as a present, though, listeners, you will probably hear this after the fact. The football gods have gifted me with an incredible crackerjack of a Thursday night matchup between the Arizona Cardinals and the Denver Broncos. All due respect. All due respect, producer Brett, who is a Broncos fan. You know what I really want for my birthday, Dalton? What is that? A little coffee talk. Coffee talk. I'll take one pumpkin spice latte with almond milk. How do you like yours? I actually had one of those this morning, actually. So I, I, I go iced, though. Oh, iced. Okay, I'll take it hot. You take it cold. Regardless, there is news that is both hot because it's new and cold because a player is being put on ice. And that is Devonta Freeman. He's going on the IR. That knee issue not getting any better. So let's discuss the Falcons' backfield. We've got Tevin Coleman. Do we think he can be an RB1 moving forward? I'm going to guess no. Um, And then we also have Judge Ito Smith, who I feel like you and I have been talking about more and more every week. 
Edo Smith has scored in three straight weeks. How I'm really basically treating this is Tevin Coleman, the new Devonta Freeman, kind of an RB2, mm-hmm. and Edo Smith, the new Tevin Coleman, you know, a flex option. It's because they're they're sharing, they're in a committee, and they're not run blocking terrifically. But they are producing, you know, scoring drives and another great matchup this week. So I have Tevin Coleman as a top 15 type start. May, I mean, the, the real reason behind that is there's just so many options behind him that I don't love. So, I mean, it's not great. Coleman took a late score by a receiver or was this going to be a total disaster last week in a plus matchup. But I still think he's the favorite for touches in that Atlanta backfield. And I'm still bullish on him moving forward. Right. And I agree. So to me, Tevin Coleman is not a direct Devonta Freeman comp. And I know that you're not doing that in terms of skill position. But what right, right. I mean, to me, Tevin Coleman's play is about as predictable as a Nicholas Sparks novel. Dude's got no patience, no vision, but he is going to get the volume, which means Ito, who I think is going to be, and this was a point made by Matt Harmon on the Sunday night pod, come next year, Ito is the guy we're going to be talking about in Atlanta's backfield. Ito, also an incredibly great pass catching back so far in the season. He's converted 10 of 11 looks, very elusive, great tackle breaking ability as a juke rate of 23.8%. That's a Brad Evans favorite stat via player profiler and the RB 24 for that stat on the season. So I think we're in the same group here. Coleman volume. Yes, that gives him a slight advantage. But Ito, in terms of versatility and overall playmaking ability, we like more someone to watch for 2019. Yeah, for sure. The under the hood stats, as you mentioned, and this offense, I mean, Calvin Ridley emerging. I mean, it could be a great situation, but for this season, it's still Coleman. All right. And I'm going to need to add a shot of, ooh, let's say Crown Royal, maybe. Can they be a sponsor, by the way? Why not, right? No? I'll ask. Producer. I'll see why not. <laughs> well, I want to add a Don't shot. I remember, hey, Liz, didn't you get swag from Crown Royal? I remember you tweeting something, or am I making that up? No, I did. I did get swag from Crown Royal, so maybe they're well, sponsoring there you go. me. Right, I should reach there out. There you go. Um, yeah, there you go. Remember to hydrate, friends. Anyway, I want to add a shot of Crown Royal or some other strong stuff to my pumpkin spice latte because we are about to talk about the Tennessee Titans backfield, and I am cannot be sober for this discussion any longer. It is a factory of sadness. Mariota isn't mobile. It doesn't look so. Derrick Henry is not doing anything. Deion Lewis, I mean, my goodness, this is ridiculous. Corey Davis, they've all disappointed. Matt LaFleur has not been the Harry Potter of Nashville that we were expecting. What's going on here, D? Yeah, Mariota now, dating back to the beginning of last season, five touchdowns, 14 interceptions over his last 10 road games. I mean, just really struggling away from home. Yeah, the running backs, Deion Lewis is interestingly one of those guys every week on Twitter. I find interesting the questions I get because when I compare the running backs that the, the, the questions are coming from, he's usually like 15, 20 spots lower. I'm just surprised at the rate in which players are still willing to, to start the guy. Corey Davis has a ton of, of talent and will eventually emerge, but he's been the victim of just tough matchups all season long. And now he has another one, then a bye, and then at Dallas. So it might be another month before he's a bye low, but it's been a disaster in Tennessee for fantasy owners for sure. We both have Deion Lewis outside of our top 36, which is telling, and then... Derek Henry, I mean, we done broken up. Oh, we're yeah. not that. I hope he lost my number because we're done. So, and for real, I have dropped him. The problem is that running back is just so scarce that you're like, okay, right. well, who am I starting ahead of him? And I think at this point, I did waivers on one league drop Derek Henry for Raheem Mostert in San Francisco. Am I saying his name correctly? You are the 49ers expert. Yes, that sounds right. I like that upside far more. I don't blame you at all. Actually, I like that move. He seems like he's overtaken Morris and Brita's totally injury prone. So far right. more upside. I don't I don't blame anyone for dropping Henry at this point. So 
So I want to also talk about Joe Flacco because new receiving core got rid of the sore back. He has been a different Joe Flacco. I'm not going to make the elite joke because it is tired. But is there a better fantasy quarterback than Drew Brees when the Saints and the Ravens square off than perhaps the former Blue Hen? I have them ranked back to back. I mean, the Saints have allowed the second most fantasy points this year, 9.1 yards per attempt. And we all picture, we, we think of Baltimore with its strong defense, which obviously is true this year in their running game. But, you know, Flacco led the league in attempts a couple years ago. They're top three in pace, uh, the Ravens, this season. So this team is throwing the ball. Obviously, the setup is perfect here for, for Baltimore for this this week. So, yeah, Flacco is a, is a QB1 this week. I, I actually think there's an argument that you should start him over Breeze if you had the option. Well, he is going to be pay- playing catch-up. And on the other side of things, if there is an offense that can challenge this Baltimore Ravens defense, which has allowed the fewest right, total right. points so far in the season, it would be this one, right? Um, in Drew Breeze, aggressive and accurate as ever. Nothing seems to be deterring or stopping him. And... Also interesting, so I, ah, there's a lot here. So Ted Ginn, we should note, he's on IR. No more Ted Ginn. So we're looking to... Oh, we're pouring one out. Still sounds like somebody took a whiz, producer Rhett. Don't want to tell you about that. But we're pouring one out regardless. <laughs> so I think that you're going to see maybe Traquan Smith, who did flash previously. Maybe Cameron Meredith. I think my money's on Traquan Smith now that he's getting those reps. And you know Sean Payton's not afraid of using a younger guy. The volume, though, obviously not going to be there. And the point that I wanted to make about Drew Brees was that he has the best true completion percentage, the fifth best pressured completion percentage, and the second most red zone attempts on the season. So again, accurate, aggressive, regardless of his advanced age. Last point about this matchup, and here's the one I'm really interested to take to hear your take on. To me, this game is going to come down to John Brown and Marshawn Lattimore. Lattimore coming off of a concussion, maybe a little bit rusty, hasn't been nearly as shut down as he was last year. John Brown still healthy. Coming off of a not great game, Michael Crabtree, as you predicted, had the touchdowns and the red zone work regress back to him, but still not the most efficient of pass catchers. What are your thoughts? Yeah, John Brown had the tougher matchup the last week. Actually, last couple weeks. Crabtree coming off the better two performances. But don't do recency bias. I am using John Brown yes. in my lineup. DFS lineups this week. I have him as a top 15 fantasy wideout. Clearly the better player in real life than Crabtree. Look at those air yards. Suggest such upside. I love the matchup this week. Yes, maybe Lattimore. Not sure he'll shatter, shadow him. But I mean, how often do you see um, Ravens games uh, with the over-under in the 50s? I mean, this wow. is going to be more passing than usual. So love, love Smokey John Brown this week. Only $24 in our, our daily fantasy game, by the way. Tony Michelle. This is a guy, by the way, that producer Brett told me offline he just traded for. Yeah. Keenan Allen for Sony Michelle. I probably I like I can't it. pronounce that name right. I also threw in Royce Freeman in there. So who, you you gave Keenan Allen and Royce Freeman for Sony Michelle? Yeah. I also picked up MVS with that extra MVS. roster spot. So Dalton, you want to talk through why you're not feeling Sony Michelle against the Bears, though I think you like him ROS. Yeah, Allen doesn't score and he remains injury prone. So I'm totally on board with that. I think Sony Michelle is a top borderline top five running back rest of the season, mate, whatever, in between the five to ten range. This week I, I put him in, you know, in the booms, bus, and breakouts. I, I put him in the bus category. So I'll talk about it here. The, the Bears have allowed the second fewest fantasy points to opposing backs. So the only team in the NFL yet to allow a rushing score. 
And Michelle is just one of those running backs that really relies on, on a game script. It's they, he ranks top five this season, doesn't catch the ball much. So this just kind of projects more of a James White type game for me here. So I still, I mean, Michelle, the running back landscape is so thin. You're probably going to start him. But to me, not top 15 running back this week. So this is a manager expectations game. So if you exactly. are setting a flex and you have two players, let's say you have uh, Michael Crabtree and Josh Gordon, right? I think in this situation, you would flex Josh Gordon because you want to reach for the extra numbers. You want to chase the points in this situation. Obviously, looking at your opponent's matchup or roster is important to do. But this is where strategy comes into play. And I feel like a lot of podcasts don't discuss that. So if I am starting one of these players who are normally studs but facing a tougher matchup, then in my flex, I'm going to try to reach for the higher upside guy and know that I may fall short, but if I play the the floor option, I'm definitely going to fall short. This should be an interesting game. The Bears went five quarters last week without recording a sack, and Khalil Mack got well, hurt in overtime, and, yeah. and he's banged up and may not even play this game. So so maybe the matchup's not as tough as I'm making it out to be on paper, but this should definitely be a fun game for sure. Well, I also think that that means that you're going to see a lot of Taylor Gabriel in this one, who is oh, a yeah. player, back-to-back 100-yard games, a, a player with a lot of upside. And uh, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson missed practice, too, actually. So if he's out, for sure, move Gabriel up. That's another good point. Excellent. Note it. Tell me, Dalton, why, like, on a low-key level, are the Bengals and Chiefs being overlooked? Because no one's talking about this, but this might be the most important fantasy game of Week 7. Yeah, it's the highest over-under. I think it basically matches last week's Sunday night game, 58, 58 and a half points. I mean, you know, uh, Yahoo uses this game for their main slate on DFS. And this week, there are four teams on by. There's a London game that doesn't count. So essentially, there's six teams on by. The Monday night football game features the Falcons and Giants. The the Saints have a tough matchup in Baltimore. In other words, there are not a lot of great scoring options uh, this week in the main slate. And tune to Sunday night. Uh, cue that one up. And you got... Chiefs and Bengals and man, this is actually Pat Mahomes' only third home game. He's put up those mm. monster numbers all on the road. I have Tyreek Hill and AJ Green, both of my top three wide receivers this week. Kelsey number one, tight end, and both of these running backs in this game in my top five. So this is the matchup of the week by far for fantasy terms. And also no Justin Houston probably again. Yep. Yeah, which... no and no Eric Berry probably again as well. Right. So that would mean that in theory the ginger fist should throw, but you can never count on the ginger fist because he could gonna ginger fist you. Yeah, I mean, probably, but I still have him as my number four QB this week. So I'm, I'm, I'm expecting not a ton, that a ton of points. I'm not, a, I'm not that aggressive. And here's why, because you can see in other matchups when Andy Dalton should have put the ball through the air, they rely on Joe Mixon and they're not dealing with Mark Walton at all. This is Mixon's backfield now that he's back to health. And so I think in these opportunities, you can run against the Chiefs. Mixon is a great and efficient pass catcher, but there's nothing to tell me. I mean, I know they're going to be chasing points, but Marvin Lewis likes to establish the run. He believes that if he gets his runners into a rhythm, they may actually be more efficient or perform more effectively than giving the ball to Andy Dalton. Although CJ Uzuma coming off of a seven target six, six catch game. So that's another sneaky. We've been talking this, uh, this tight end group. Tyler Croft is out quote indefinitely. Obviously, Tyler Eifert's no longer, not, not that he's dead. He's just <laughs> no, no yeah. longer on the. Can you another pull no. another one out? <laughs> Bengals are. <laughs> 
the Bengals are banged up on defense and the Chiefs just might score so quick and put up so many points. I totally agree with you. Cincinnati will want to do that game plan, but they might be forced to just turn to having to throw, especially in the second half. Near seven point underdogs here. I have Tyler Boyd as my number six wide receiver. Love Uzuma, as you mentioned, tight end one this week. So I'm starting all these guys. I think it's going to be total, total shootout. And Tyreek Hill's your number one wide receiver. He's my number four wide receiver. We're both bullish on him. But for a second, why don't you just give him a little... Give your ode to Tyreek Hill for this moment if you'd like. Yeah, it's close. The top five to me, there's a tier one that you could just all interchangeable. But to me, this, he's, he's definitely a little bit more hit or miss, uh, but you like him more in best ball. But man, when he hits, it's just so, so impressive. Mm-hmm. And uh, you look at the air yards and that, that play when he came back for the ball last week, just so impressive. So yeah, I just I went with him number one this week. But you could make an argument for Adam Thielen every week this year. So if you're lucky enough to have one of those two guys, you're not worrying about how you're setting them. There are important moments, Dalton in American history, right? Like lots of people, not you or I, because we were yet to be conceived, but some people maybe listening remember when they were, where they were when Neil Armstrong landed on the moon. You and I can definitely remember where we were when Barack Obama was elected. But Dalton, do you remember where you were when Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson broke up? See, you, you laugh, but uh, I do another podcast with Chris Liss, Rotowires, and I brought the, made this same joke, and he legitimately had never heard of either of those human beings. He wasn't even trying to be cool about it. He just had never heard of them. So I actually ha- was a, I actually did receive a text on it. So sadly, I should try to play it cool, but um, I do remember where I was because it was recent. But um, I, I don't know. What, what about you, Liz? So where were you on Sunday? Uh, sitting right where I am right now in front of my computer. But that you could say the same for pretty much every day, the middle day of the week. So Honest to God, knock me out. That is... Um something the kids say that Ariana Grande coined. So in honor, no, in remembrance, you know what? In remembrance of all of the good times and tattoos that Pariana Granderson brought us, we're going to talk about our fantasy crushes and breakups. Do I get any credit for not knowing that catchphrase you did use, though? I did not catch. I did not know what you were Honest to God, knock there, me out. We'll get used to it because right. it's now a drop. Right. Okay. <laughs> so cool. Dalton, I don't, I don't want you to live a toxic lifestyle, you know? I have to do my best like vocal fry for this. I don't want you to be around toxicity or like people who are like energy vampires. Oh my God. And so if somebody is like sucking your energy, you need to like break up with them and get a green juice. So who is a player that you need to just break up from and then get a green juice and like maybe do some yogs? All right. It's Amari Cooper. The guy's 24 years old. I I thought they were going to move him around the line to scrimmage more this year. If you look at the last eight first round wide receivers, he's like the only one as a rookie to surpass a thousand yards and the others weren't even close. Uh, But he's just the most inconsistent. I mean, four of his six games this year, 17 yards or fewer. The other two, 110 yards or more now concussed. I'm sure he'll be traded to the Cowboys next week and I'll be all back in. But right now, just please, I have to break up with Cooper. I think that the Raiders, obviously, not that he's on the trade block, would like to break up with him, too. So you're not alone in that. I want to break up. I want to break up with the Jacksonville Jaguars backfield, all of them. But here's the problem. We very early in our relationship together, probably too early, we went and we rescued a dog together. You know, a la Piggy Smalls, if we're talking Periana Granderson. (laughs) And now... I don't know what to do because I can't get my damn dog back because Leonard Fournette won't tell me when he's available. And in the meantime, TJ Yeldon gone and tweaked his ankle. So, you know, heading on Sunday or Monday, Leonard Fournette was, quote, likely to play in week seven. But now he's missed two practices in a row. In the meantime, 
TJL didn't play because of this ankle injury and now has returned to practice. Corey Grant went and got himself on the IR and Jamal Charles is off the sofa. So what am I supposed to do here? There is no depth other than acquiring Frank Gore, who I refuse to stop talking about and maybe doing this Mostert fella. What else is there? Yeah, um, wait and see is what I'll say. But if Yeldon is playing, if he's active, I have him as, I think, my 10th or 11th back this week. Jacksonville is my best bet of the week this this week, given four and a half at home. I just love this setup. Houston coming off three shaky wins in a row. Their offensive line versus a real upset Jacksonville team coming off back-to-back road losses. I just love the setup here. So if Yeldon's healthy, fire him up. But if not, uh, your guess is as good as mine. Sometimes, Dalton, you fall back in love with people. Right. Like there's a rocky road. Maybe you met each other in the wrong times of your life, but then you both grow individually and you just think, wow, I wonder where that person is. And you're ready to you're ready to give it a second try in a new position. Things have changed. So who are you ready to get back in the saddle with? Who do you want to make up with? It's Josh Gordon. Um, used to love the guy and then really upset when my Niners didn't trade for him. I was, uh, you know, I was non-aggressive rating him, ranking him preseason. But now I feel like he's just in the perfect situation in New England. Even this week, the Bears have given up the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. He led the Patriots in targets last week. So forget the lack mm-hmm. of yardage. He's practicing more. His route rate has gone from 25% to 40% to 95% the last three weeks. I'm all back in on Josh Gordon big time. He's got Tom Brady tweeting about him. He's got Bill Belichick talking about him. Yeah. This seems to be an ascent. He's a top 25 play. No questions asked for me as well. Yeah, locker next door to Brady. Uh, I mean, I have him even more aggressive. I have, yeah, Gordon is a top, uh, borderline top fifteen wide receiver. Wow. So I'm going to use him. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. It's probably a mistake, but I'm going to use him in my DFS lineups. I did that last week. It didn't work out, but that you know, no. Some sometimes you that's that's what you're going to get with Josh Gordon, right? But now you have matured to the point that you know what to expect out of him, and you know he is not going to bring you flowers every Tuesday. Sometimes he may show up with some wilted carnations, and you're like, that's cool. I know who you are. Yeah. So what about yours, Liz? Um, I'm in, I'm having this on again, off again relationship with Alex Collins. Like when we first mm-hmm. met, I was like, mm, you're pretty basic, right? You do one thing. You do this north south thing. You're not super creative. But you know what? You are steady. You got a great floor. I can rely on you. And then all of a sudden that disappeared because of this Buck Allen guy. But since the weather and the season have progressed, like the weather has continued to drop and the season has progressed. Collins has gotten better and more efficient. He last week had his highest carry total of the season with 19 totes. Plus, he scored twice. You can't hate that. But what's most interesting is that his red zone touches have now outpaced Buck Allen's, though Buck Allen does have one more goal line look on the season. I just think that since the Ravens' defense has coalesced and they got Jimmy Smith back and the whole unit is looking bananas good, like we talked about earlier, that has helped Collins. And that's the kind of offense that Baltimore wants to run. Yes, New Orleans might be trouble, but I think he'll continue to get fed as the season continues to go on and also at least to start the game. I have to imagine that the Ravens want to play keep away from Drew Brees and maybe he rips off a, a, a quick run. Totally agree that Collins is a really interesting player. I mean, it's had like the most impressive yards per carry after contact uh, when he burst onto the scene. 
But then he came off the field as a receiver in all the goal line situations, even, you know, losing a fumble recently there. Yeah. But he's back getting those carries last week. So and obviously he's an impressive player and the setup's great with Baltimore's offense and looking so impressive and their defense. So he, he definitely has some upside moving forward. And this week, another interesting situation since there figures to be a ton of points on the board. But the Saints actually the number one ranked defensive DVOA against the run. So so I think you got to fire him up, though. But I'm with you. Colin's very interesting fantasy player moving forward. My RB 18 for the week, your RB 22. So we're similarly ranked on him. Dalton, now that you've made up with someone, you've got you got to get a hall pass, right? I mean, maybe not a full on hall pass, but we're all allowed to. We're not dead just because we're partnered with someone, right? We can still have crushes. <laughs> so um, who's the guy you're going to leave your family for? Hall Pass actually wasn't the worst comedy either. Not not a bad movie. Um, Joy, Kenny ba- Joy Behar was in that one. I did not see it, but I was like, oh, that's that lady from The View. I enjoy her. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, Kenny Galladay, I'm sure, obviously, I'm not alone here, but you just look at his contested catch, right? You look at his eyeballs, the eyeball test. I do not own nearly enough shares of him, and I'm super jealous. If Golden Tate walks during the offseason, I'm going to be so aggressive. I'll, I'll treat him well. I'll have him ranked as a borderline top five fantasy wide receiver entering next year. He's, he's AJ Green 2.0. Oh, the stiff arms, the toe-tapping sideline prowess. I love all of the Kenny G, but I feel like our listeners have heard me over-talk him, so I'm not going to go on. Instead, I'm going to talk about another guy. (laughs) It's Chris Godwin, who I've been yapping about since the summer. Every time Deshaun Jackson has a meltdown, Godwin earns more snaps. It is like manna from heaven, guaranteed manna from ha- heaven. And don't at me about the drops last week. I remain at me, bro. Yes, he is a more versatile player than Deshaun Jackson. His chemistry with Jameis Winston is a thousand times more, is a thousand times better than D-Jax's. And the defense in in Tampa Bay is always going to be a problem. Jameis Winston or whoever, whatever quarterback they end up starting is going to have to continue to throw the ball, even with Mike Smith fired. I mean, the news came out just this morning that Gerald McCoy probably won't. He was injured last week, probably won't start. It gets worse and worse, which means more and more opportunities for Chris Godwin to continue to climb the depth chart and the ladder. Love Chris Godwin. Total beast. I'll, I'll say there's a 50% chance two years from now he has more fantasy value than teammate Mike Evans. Love mm, Godwin. I love it. So last week we listened to Andy and Brad do a little rock'em sock'em ranks. Well, Andy was the winner, though props to our own Brad Evans because he was ranked number one in Fantasy Pro's overall accuracy for week six. So I guess in our segment, Andy won, but overall, Brad won. Brad won the war. Brad won the war and Andy won the battle. Okay. Well, this week, the war rages on. They're going to talk Mitch Trubisky, two Chicago guys talking about Mitch Trubisky. Get ready. Adrian Peterson and Marvin Jones. Thrilling edition of Rock'em Sock'em Ranks. Brad Big Noise, Evans here, joined by Good Sir, or the Reverend, or just the all-around nice guy, uh, future Olympian in the marathon, Andy Barrons, whatever nickname you want to attach him, I think it applies. Yeah, that marathon field is is actually wide open for Olympic qualifiers uh, in a couple of years, so I'm, I got a shot. I got a shot. Yeah, you got a shot in the 45 and older crowd, so uh, <laughs> congratulations the, on that. The Masters Olympics, yes. Yes, uh, and I. this is what I will do. I will rent a golf cart and follow you along the side <laughs> and be, be your personal camera guy, water boy, because I don't run. I don't believe in running. 
I, I think it's just craziness, and I want to keep my hip in place and try to prevent a replacement surgery down the road. <laughs> All right, let's get into this edition of Rock'em Sock'em Ranks, and congratulations, Andy Barons. Uh, you are the proud winner of last week's contest, going 2-1, and one, scoring the victory on Andy Dalton and Josh Gordon. Uh, I, of course, won with Total Junk. TJ Yeldon. By the way, I got a bone to pick because we had another side wager. Uh, the over under, according to betonline.ag, on yards for Josh Gordon was 53 and a half. Uh, Steven Nelson, you're on my bleep list right now. <laughs> he's uh, He is on notice because if he doesn't maul like he's a grizzly bear, Josh Gordon at the goal line, I win that bet easily. And I also score my prop bet on a Josh Gordon touchdown, which was plus 114. So screw you, Steven Nelson. Well, I do, I do want to say that even, you know, whatever, I guess I get the win in this little game. That that whole week was a really good sign for Josh Gordon and anybody who invested in Josh Gordon. That was a lot of targets, a lot of snaps, um, and things are definitely trending the right yeah, direction. Yes, so definitely get me in your lineup this week. The Chicago Bears have struggled mightily in terms of past defensive season, ranking inside the top 10 of most fantasy points allowed in the wide receiver position. Oh, speaking of the monsters of the midway, that is our first Rock'em Sock'em Ranks square off, and it's Mitchell Trubisky. Barons, uh, obviously afraid of his fandom. Me, I don't care. Can I just say a quick public service yeah, announcement, sure, people? It's not, Tra- it's not Trubinsky. <laughs> Stop it. Stop with the Trubinsky. I for sure expect Chicagoans to know better, and they don't. I've heard more Trubinsky than Trubisky. It's not that. Hey, is, uh, uh, I want to talk about that uh, Mitchell Trubinsky feller. Yeah, man. We do radio on 670 The Score in Chicago at the Buck Crack of Dawn every Sunday morning. And, yeah, it is alarming how many people cannot pronounce his name correctly it's trubisky uh so barons you are not ordering the trubiscuits and gravy this week you have outside the top 15 i'm inside the top 10 it's new england it's a hefty over under approaching 50 it's at 49 and a half please tell me why you are not on the greatest chicago bears quarterback of all time in his bandwagon <laughs> well, uh, he- here's another situation where when I rank a player, I try to account for both the upside and the downside, right? Um, I-, I think we all appreciate that the New England Patriots giving up, I-, I think it's 15 passing touchdowns on the year so far, about 270 passing yards per week. It can be a friendly matchup. I, d- I don't dispute that at all. The problem here is that Mitch, even in his good games, it hasn't exactly been a clinic. Like there's a very real possibility that Trubisky gives you 159 yards, one touchdown and three interceptions. Like when things go off script, when his first read is not there, oftentimes hilarious to just simply very bad things happen. And I do view New England as a defense that is fully capable of flummoxing Mitch. Um, we're going we're gonna to see some bad moments in this one. Like the Tampa Bay game was great. That was a product of the matchup and just a masterful game plan by Matt Nagy. And Trubisky never had to come off his first read, basically. And it all worked. Everything worked. He had some really nice moments in the Miami game. Like I'm not, I'm not without hope for Mitch moving forward. It's just there's significant downside here. And when things go off script, uh, bad things tend to happen. Yeah, it sounds like somebody uh, in the Oval Office when things go off script, bad things <laughs> tend to happen. Very similar uh, in that capacity. But I'm with you on Trubisky to a certain extent. I, I think your assessment, your scouting report is accurate. Those second and third reads, those progressions, a bit rocky at times. But I'm a guy that loves to maximize a matchup. As you mentioned, New England ranks uh, – Inside the top seven of most fantasy points, a lot of the position. They've given up 15 passing touchdowns. Uh, 7.1 YPA is, is rather lowly in this day and age of the NFL. But you look at Trubisky, 7.7 YPA. Uh, he has had the cleanest pockets 
of any NFL quarterback this season. 75.8% of the time, according to Pro Football Focus, top 10 as well in deep ball completion percentage and play action completion percentage. The one thing gets overlooked as well, he raises the floor with those rushing stats. He's averaging 32.8 on the ground. I think it's close to 300 passing, multiple touchdowns, could be multiple turnovers, but they usually don't hurt you that bad in fantasy, and they'll be wiped away anyway with those rushing stats. That's why I have I'll take it. This is, this is one where I can't really lose because as a Bears fan, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for a game for Trubisky. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, let's move on to the future Hall of Famer, artist formerly known as the Purple Jesus, now with Washington and Adrian Peterson. Absurdly, Barons, you have him ranked uh, where exactly? I'm not even top 20 on him. Oh, that's crazy. Which one of us is being absurd here? Um, so it, Peterson is, I have him ranked uh, either 11 or 12 right now. He, he's coming into this game averaging about four and a half yards per carry. Um, looked really good last week playing through injury. The bottom line here uh, is that he is one of the few backs who, in my mind, is basically guaranteed 16 to 20 touches. Um, There is no chance, zero chance, lock it down. There's no chance that uh, Dallas just runs away from Washington in this game because, okay, with the notable exception of the Jacksonville game, they just simply don't score points. They've only been over 20 uh, in two games this season, it is a kind of a go nowhere offense. So I just like the run is going to be in play all day for Washington. It's going to be one of those Peterson games. This is going to be one of those games that ends like 20 to 16. And I don't even really care who wins. And you're going to get to the end of it and think, what? Like, how did I waste three hours of my life on this thing? <laughs> um, but Adrian Peterson's going to end up with 90 plus yards and a good shot at, at one of the game's few offensive touchdowns. Yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a really strong play. Uh, yeah, see, I totally disagree. I don't think he's going to find the end zone in this one. Dallas uh, Vander Esch has played brilliantly, by the way. Top uh, 25 and run stop percentage, according to Pro Football Focus's metrics. Dallas is a collective nine fewest fantasy points, 3.32 yards per carry, 115.6 total yards per game and only three touchdowns allowed. Though I got to give credit where credit is due. Peterson uh, doing backstrokes in the fountain of youth. RB 11 in yards after contact per attempt and has forced a missed tackle 18% of the time. Again, I just think it's going to be a hollow game from an overall fantasy perspective, though. I believe he's going to post copious numbers in the yardage department. That's why I'm as a back-end RB2. You disagree, saying he's more of a top-end RB2, borderline back-end RB1. All right, let's uh, get in one wide receiver here, and this one's going to just shatter the earth because this is going to be such a riveting conversation. (laughs) Marvin Jones of the Detroit Lions off the one week siesta uh, traveling to Miami to face the Dolphins. Uh, what is your perspective there? We're about eight spots apart on Jones. Me believing he is more of a wide receiver three starter. You on the fence, whether or not you should plug him in to your lineup. Well, we're we're eight spots apart and we're eight spots apart kind of near the the sit start line in uh, in most leagues. So uh, that's why I thought perhaps Jones would be an interesting one to talk about my fundamental problem with him is that uh he is now no better than the third man in this receiving hierarchy right like kenny galladay uh when healthy has been just an absolute stud uh golden tate is obviously great those two are on incredible paces jones uh in his last three games has seen a grand total of 16 targets and that's just not gonna pay the fantasy bills he has become an entirely touchdown dependent player right now. And it's, it's possible like that's out there for him. Um, this is a good passing offense. He's tied to a good quarterback, but, uh, I am, I am concerned about his role and his opportunities. Uh, and, and as I look at this, it, there's only room for two lions in my top, uh, in my top 20 and Marvin Jones is no longer one of them. 
Oh, really? I thought it was uh, Scott Mitchell for sure. That was going to be one of them. <laughs> uh, I've, I've got Marvin Jones as a wide receiver three merely because and your perspective is spot on. I don't disagree with it, but Bobby McCain's going to be back. And I understand McCain. Uh, he's only played three games this season, has not allowed a touchdown, but he has given up 1.42 yards per snap. That is going to be the primary assignment for Marvin Jones. Just a gut feeling. I think the lion finds the end zone. Uh, one last thing here before we get out of here, Barons. Uh, the over-under on Josh Gordon receiving yards this week is 54 and a half. You care to double down on another side wager? Oh, I would. No, I would take the over on his yards after catch at 54 and a half. <laughs> I mean, like Albert Wilson is still running. The Bears gave up over 270 yards after the catch yeah. last week. Like, that's bad. Um, it's a great defensive front, and, and the secondary has been uh, atrocious. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be attack, attack, attack Tom Brady to Josh Gordon in this one. So finally, we're on the same page when it comes yep. to Gordon. Maybe Scott Pinowski will plant both cheeks on this bandwagon in short <laughs> order because he has been raking Gordon and his supporters over the coals on Twitter. Great stuff, Barons. Loza, back to you. Listen, if you don't like what the guys said, then go ahead and at them, but don't. Don't at me, bro. <laughs> So this week on At Me, please do, it's like we're playing a game of HQ because we have a savage question. All right. Who will you drop if they don't perform in week seven? Jordan Howard, Aaron Jones, Nelson Aguilar. Which one of these three guys, Dalton, are you saying Dunzo to? Well, no way, Howard. I know the lack of targets recently uh, are a little concerning with Cohen's emergence, but a better Chicago offense is good for his future. So not a chance drop there. Aaron Jones, obviously, so frustrating, but the upside remains. So it's Aguilar with the healthy uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz consuming so many targets. He's just been a major disappointment this year. So I have no problem dropping Aguilar at this point. Again, it is easy to drop wide receivers. There are a glut of wide receiver three lever level receivers. So much depth at the position, running back very hard to come by. Hence the earlier uh, Derek Henry, Alex Collins discussions. Aaron Jones, by the way, also started last week. So that's telling. Yes. And he had a touchdown reverse. So it's not like he isn't doing the work or getting the opportunities. Jordan Howard, I think we're going to talk about a little bit later. But I also want to talk about bargains and fades in DFS. We've mentioned a couple of prices. John Brown came up. Dalton, I'm going to start with you. Who is a bargain at the wide receiver position this week for you? I love Marquise Goodwin. He's been a major disappointment this season, and no one had him in their lineups last week. But he's healthy now, and while Bethard's not Jimmy, my guy, Jimmy G, he's proven competent in his second year in the Shanahan system. And last week, Goodwin had the 11th most air yards in the NFL mm. on just five targets. On just five targets. So think about that. And this week, against the Rams, you're going to think you know, nearly 10-point underdogs are going to have to be throwing the ball a lot. He's healthy. I have him as a top-five fantasy wide receiver this week, and in DFS, probably my favorite bargain among all. Just $15. I like that one. I have one that's not as much of a home run. It's October. Baseball. <laughs> nice, <laughs> that nice. one. But Jermaine Curse, $12. I know, I know. You look at it and you're like, what? Facing Minnesota? That's tough. Except in the slot, they had a rookie named Mike Hughes who was playing. He was starting to come on. Got hurt last week. He's out. Now they're starting Mackenzie Alexander. That is going to be a matchup for Sam Darnold to pick on for sure. Also, no Quincy Anunwa. He left last week's game hurt. And in his stead, Jermaine Curse came in, worked the slot, which is why I'm aware of the matchup against Mackenzie Alexander, and caught nine of 10 balls for 94 yards. Also, Anunwa 
probably going to miss a lot of time. He's got this ankle injury. The only thing that makes me concerned, frankly, is that Terrell Pryor, who had started to catch on, is also injured. And I would prefer Pryor on the field so that he can detract Xavier Rhodes or one of the other uh, cornerbacks in Minnesota. But still, Jermaine Curse, $12. If you're in a tournament looking through a dart throw... That's a nice contrarian play. Yeah, I can see Rhodes' skill set going more to Robbie Anderson. I love this pick for Curse. So cheap. He's going to get so many targets. It's that position, whether it be Anunua or Curse, whoever's been the healthy guy is just really a ton of huge target share. So love the, love him there, especially at that price. Thank you. I also want to talk about Tariq Cohen because he's only $16. We touched on Jordan Howard, but Jordan Howard has not recorded a single catch in back-to-back games. He's only had one target in back-to-back games. Mitchell Trubisky clearly prefers to check down to Tariq Cohen and Tariq Cohen's versatility and gadget play ability is something that Matt Nagy's play calling lends itself to nicely. Getting him involved has made him and made this offense so much more explosive. And I think that despite the fact that Jordan Howard worked on his hands over the summer, for whatever reason, Trubisky doesn't want to check down to him. And Matt Nagy is trying as hard as possible to develop his quarterback. Yeah, I totally agree with this. Just like I said, the, the it might be a James White game instead of Michelle. Similarly, I think it's a Cohen game over Howard here. I mean, they're the underdogs. Uh, the Pats have allowed the fifth most receiving yards to opposing backs here. So the setup is right. I, I agree. I like Cohen. Thank you. And so give me, uh, do you have another another bargain? Yeah, we already mentioned CJ Uzuma. I just like Casey's giving the second most fantasy points. He, he's just cheap. He had seven targets last week. I expect a shootout, 15 bucks, and I have him as a tight end one. And what about a fade? Okay, I'm fading Michael Thomas. My Baltimore second fewest fantasy points against wide receivers. NFL low, 6.0 YPA. I mean, his price is still just treating him like an elite, elite wide receiver. So I'm fading Thomas. Uh, I just think that that's just, just definitely probably his most tough matchup he's going to face all season long. What about yourself, Liz? I am fading same matchup, similar reasoning, Alvin Kamara. Of course, you're starting him, but he's $33 and facing right. Baltimore... Yeah. The Baltimore Ravens have only allowed one touchdown to the running back position, and that was a rushing touchdown, not a receiving touchdown. And with Mark Ingram back, obviously, though Kamara has gotten goal line looks, he's so much more explosive via the air. Yep, I agree with that. And another one I have for you, this is Deshaun Watson. Mm. Jacksonville's allowed the second few as fantasy points to quarterbacks. It just projects such a tough matchup with their defensive line hungry, and Houston's been so vulnerable to the pass rush. So don't like that there. But these are more DFS, remember. just The prices just are tough. But in season long, you're probably rolling those guys out. But I also agree with you, by the way, Kamara. That's just been a tough three-game stretch for him. Obviously, the last game and then the bye, and now this one. So he's someone very interesting as a possible buy low moving forward after this week. And I like your Deshaun Watson pick. I mean, I I am a little bit worried about him staying on the field, frankly, if Jacksonville stiffens up after two road games and kind of dropping, not looking as tirely as uh, energized or powerful as as they had been before. Now they're back home. If they return to the Saxonville style of defense and they can get that running game going on the offensive side of things. I think part of the problem is that Blake Bortles keeps going three and out. And so this defense, as good as it is, is is gassed. And so if they can get the run game going, hopefully, I mean, again, this is why I broke up with the Jacksonville backfield, then this defense will definitely get after Deshaun Watson, who has been sacked 15 times over his last three games. That's an average of five times per game. And I know everyone wants to bag on the O-line, and that's 100% acceptable, except Deshaun Watson is holding on to the ball too long. In fact, according to Next Gen Stats via NFL, his time to throw is over three seconds and second only to... Josh Allen, who is what? Hurt. 
Yeah, those running quarterbacks will do that. Yeah, Jacksonville, I fully do expect them to to bounce back. But let me tell you, if they don't in this spot, it's a real serious concern oh, for their the, season. I mean, after getting embarrassed in Dallas last week, boy, they better bring their A game this week. And the Patriots are going to be very happy because I think that's who they believe their biggest contender to right. be. Quarterback that I think is overvalued in DFS and is my fade is Jared Goff. Even though I'm the Rams fan at your San Francisco 49ers, he's missing his best red zone weapon in Cooper Cup. And yeah, Gerald Gerald Everett, the young tight end, might be a dart throw. He's $10 in DFS. I just don't like it as much. You know, Jared Goff is coming off of two lower scoring games because when you have Todd Gurley, you don't need to throw the ball all around the field. Plus, Andrew Whitworth and Roger Saffold are both banged up. Those are two important O-linemen. So I only have it projected for 303 yards and two touchdowns, which for a Jared Goff game at the price of $37 in daily is too much for me. Definitely hear you about the price, but we may differ a little bit here. I have golf as my number two cute fantasy QB for the week um, behind only Mahomes. I, I do hear you with the cup and, and maybe it's a, a big time girly game, but the Niners are much more beatable through the air than against the ground. This over-under is 52 points. I just The thing I like for most about, about golf here is that the Niners look so competent offensively with Bethard. So I think they can take advantage of a beat-up Rams defense, put some b- points on the board, and man, the mm. Rams... They, they don't ever really take their foot off the gas pedal, even when they have a lead. They, they've been throwing deep. So maybe Cup is um, kind of underrating how big of a loss that will be. But I do like golf in this matchup. I mean, the Niners secondary is very, very beatable right now. I, I understand your reasoning. I am just wondering now that you've got Mark Barron back. The Rams have Mark Barron back and he's shaken off a little bit of rust. What that does to the Kittle matchup. Because if Kittle isn't yeah. available, then that's another red zone weapon. Because Goodwin, as good as he may be, is not a red zone threat. Yeah, Gurley is on pace to score 29 touchdowns this season. So maybe he will get another three on the ground. That is that is definitely something you have to worry about when you start golf, unlike any other quarterback in the league right now. And he has only passed for one touchdown over his past two games. So regardless... We differ, but you guys, the benefit of us differing is that, number one, we get to stay friends, and number two, you have a bevy of opinions to choose from when you are setting your own lineups or your DFS slates. So on that note, Dalton, I'm glad we can disagree and agree that we both adore each other. I at least adore you. Yeah, and absolutely. Let me say, happy birthday once again. Oh, thank you very much. Ay, ay, ay. All right. So follow us on Twitter and submit your questions to at Yahoo Fantasy. You can follow me at Liz Loza underscore FF. And that's at Dalton Del Don. We'll be back with Scott Pianowski and Matt Harmon on Sunday night. We out. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.